Haleluya. By the grace of God, this coming Tuesday, I'll be remembering and celebrating the grace of God for 35 years of being pastor of this church. (laughs) It was on the 4th of September, 1983, when Pastor Andre Knutze, under the instruction of Pastor Ray McCauley, handed this church, which then was called Ray Masowetu, and later on, through the instruction from Rema Tulsa, Oklahoma, Pastor Ray informed us that Tulsa said they were the only ones who were to use the name Rema, and the rest of us needed to change our names. And then we changed in 1985 from being Rema to being Grace Bible Church. And so it's been 35 years by God's grace 35 year long journey in which one has learned so much. Of the many things that one has learned is what I want to share with you this morning. Because you also are on a journey as well. The title of my message is The Unfolding Vision. 35 years ago, I didn't understand as much as I do now that vision unfolds and for that reason we must always strive for as people of vision to reach for what is before us instead of allowing ourselves to be imprisoned by our past. Sometimes our past may not have been the best of the past. So sometimes our vision, our lives can be frozen in the past. What we should do instead is we should reach out and grab the future that God has planned for us. Because every one of us here, God has placed vision in your heart. Your amen doesn't sound like you are men and women of vision. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I'll read it in the Good News Bible. It reads, I alone know the plans I have for you. God has plans for you. Look at your neighbor and say, God has plans for you. Look at another one and say, God has plans for you. Point at yourself and say, God has plans for me. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Then it says, plans to bring about the future. Know that. The future you hope for. So God is about the future. God is about not just today, not just yesterday, but about tomorrow. Therefore, you need to intentionally and consciously Always remind yourself, my life is unfolding. My life as a visionary is unfolding. And because God says he has plans that are better for me, that should mean one thing. My future looks better than my past. 
Unfortunately, too many people allow themselves to be chained to the past. In Philippians 3.13, in the King James Bible, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I love it in the Bible in basic English. He says, brethren, it is clear to me that I have not yet come to that knowledge. But one thing I do, letting go those things which are past. Some of us, we are stuck in our past. We are stuck in the mistakes of our past. We are stuck in the bitterness of the past. Stuck in the unforgiveness of the past. Paul says, I am letting go of the past. And he says, stretching out to those things which are before. Which means, if you don't stretch out and apply effort and intentionality, you will never see the unfolding of your vision. Pastor Ray likes to say, we shouldn't build a monument to our failures. And sometimes when we fail, we like to camp at our failures and build a monument to our failures. Listen, look at your neighbor and say, are you not saying amen? Is it because you've built a monument or something like that? In the contemporary English version, it reads, my friends, I don't feel that I have already arrived, but I forget what is behind and I struggle for what is ahead. Every vision is going to demand effort. Every vision is going to demand you and I to make sure that we work hard to move forward in what God is laying in our hearts. That's why Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, people perish. If you have no vision for your life, you're going to live your life in a way God doesn't want you to live it. The Revised Standard Version says, where there is no prophecy, the people cast off restraint. Because vision by nature is inspired by God. The word prophecy in the Bible when it's used is not only used in a sense of somebody standing up and saying, thus says the Lord. But the word prophecy speaks of an inspired utterance. Or when God brings inspiration and inspires you. You see, it is God who inspires us with vision. It is God who works in our hearts and shows us a picture of vision. Because vision is simply a picture of a preferable future. God doesn't want you to be tied to your past, locked to your past, imprisoned to your past. God wants you to see that which lies before you, which is vision. The NIV reads, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. So vision comes by inspiration. Vision is revelation. Prophecy by nature and revelation by nature unfolds. You know, I was using this example in the morning. You know, I like this, watching some of these uh, documentaries, and, and one of them that I sometimes watch is, uh, and, and I was held by one of our pastors, I won't tell you who it was, and I didn't know what this show was called, but it's called Pimp My Right. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever seen those, 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 some of you, you don't know what Pimp My Right is. Just tell your neighbor what Pimp My Right is. This is where, this is where they, there are these guys who are panel beaters, and they know how to take old cars and make them 
brand new and even modernize them. You know, but it's but porter. You know, and, and I love it always. When, when, you know, when, when somebody takes somebody's car and wants to give them a surprise. You know, because they know you've had that old jalopy of yours that was standing on top of bricks in your yard. And so they decided to go and get it without your knowledge. Took it to these guys to pimp your ride. And so they work on the car and they change it and, and they put certain features on it. And, and then finally, you get called to come and see your car. I love it when they're about to reveal what they've done. And oftentimes, they will even cover it with something. And as you come and they go, one, two, three, ta-da! And you see people breathless. Because their right has been pimped. What they see is different to what they come from and what they are used to. Hey, God wants to pimp your life. He wants you to be so out of breath with what God wants to do through your life. How many of you know that God wants to take you further than you have gone? He wants to do more than whatever you have thought of. God wants to pimp your life. And therefore he gives us vision. See, if prophecy is the same as revelation, and revelation is the same as vision, that therefore suggests to me, just like prophecy unfolds, just like revelation unfolds, vision in the same way unfolds. In fact, one translation says, where there is no progressive vision, progressive revelation, people perish. So vision is simply a progressive revelation. And I'll explain that. Vision unfolds just like prophecy and just like revelation. Now note in 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1. These are the times of Eli who was a priest. But Eli was really no longer walking with God. And because of what he did and what the other priests did and what the people did at that time, the children of Israel came into a moment wherein they could not receive that which is best from God. It says, 1 Samuel 3, 1, Now the young Samuel was the servant of the Lord before Eli. Note, in those days, the Lord kept his word secret from men. And there was no open vision. So in the days of Eli, there was no open vision. In other words, people were stuck in their lives. People were tied to their yesterday. There was no picture of a preferable future. They were not moving forward. They were marking time. They were going around the same thing again and again and again and again like some of us. Here it is. Your life is going in circles. You keep seeing the same thing again and again. And God is saying, I want to inspire you. I want to bring revelation to you. I want to give you vision because I want your life to move forward and be better than what it is today. That verse in the literal translation reads, and the word of Jehovah was rare in those days. 
There was no breakthrough vision. This verse suggests that if God doesn't intervene in our lives, we're going to be a people who are locked in the moment. We're going to be a people who are tied to our past. We're going to be a people who are frozen in the moment. We're going to be a people imprisoned to circumstances. Why? Because there's no vision. There's no prophecy. There's no revelation. In other words, there's nothing that inspires us about the future. There's nothing that tells us there's something better than what you are having right now. There's nothing that tells us you can have more than one church. There's nothing that tells us you can pray longer in your life. There's nothing that tells us you can live a holier life in your life. There's nothing that tells us you can move a step forward in your life. We are stuck in our past. In fact, that word vision is an Anglo-French word, but it's borrowed from the Latin word. And the Latin word for vision is the word V-I-D-E-R-E. And that word V-I-D-E-R-E, literally it means to see. So in other words, vision is about seeing. You see a picture of a preferable future. In other words, vision helps you to see further than where you are. Vision helps you to be aware of something that's beyond where you are. That word videre describes the capacity to be forward-looking or to be foresighted. In the present tense, that word videre is the word V-I-D-D-R-E or V-I-D-E. This is where we derive the word video. Listen to this. A video is different from a photograph. When we take a picture, photograph a picture, when we take a photo of you, a photo captures the moment but freezes the moment. So when you look at a photo, you can look where you were, but it captures where you were. It doesn't capture where you are going. There are many people who are living their lives in photo shots. And if you don't realize, Satan loves for you to live your life in photo shots. What does he do? He reminds you of the things that you did yesterday. He reminds you of your failures. He freezes the moment. He tells you what you did yesterday is your future is where you are. But what God wants you to do is for you to see the video of your life unfolding. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? You see, a video unfolds and it continues to play as long as you don't press the pause button. Some of you, you've pressed a pause button in your life. You are stuck in the past. Ever since they offended you in 1902. You are still angry and unforgiving today. That guy walked away from you. years ago. But every time, oh Mona, you are still as angry as you were 10 years ago. That lady, Willow Shayaka Zinzo. Willow Khana. And now somebody else, Umunkile, when I'm so rapid. Now you are in, you have bitterness in your heart. 
What God wants us to do is to unpress that, that pause button. You know, sometimes when you watch movies, it's interesting because some of the stories on movies are very interesting because at the beginning of the movie, you know, you see this person is going through such bad things. I mean, really, things are really not good for them, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the films that it's been played now on this, at, the, at the theater is The Color Purple. You know The Color Purple? Oh, let's say The Color Purple. Color Purple, but you didn't know Color Purple. Kana was the lady's name now that we say, oh, yes. The main character. Kim Kana? Huh? We, yeah, I know that we, oh, Goldberg is the actor. But what is she called in Color Purple? Oh, that's a revelation right there. Whatever she's called, but if you see how she was mistreated, this girl, and how her life was at the beginning of the movie, you know, it's really not nice. If you press the pause button, you will live with a wrong impression. If you press the pause button, you'll jump to wrong conclusions. What you need to do is to let the video play. That's what God wants to do with your life. He wants to let the video play. Because as the video plays, it unfolds what's happening in her life. I see your life unfolding in the name of Jesus. That's what vision is about. Vision, like a video, becomes clearer as you walk in it. 35 years ago, I didn't think a day like this would come. 35 years ago, we didn't even think about having more than one church. 35 years ago, all we had was a classroom and 35 people. What we didn't know, God has far more in store for you than 35 people in a classroom. Look at your neighbor who's not saying amen and ask them, what is it going to take for you to say amen, Marahau? You see, vision moves us to be people who are pioneers, who try what others have not tried. There are two types of people in the world. And there are two states of being. Number one, we have settlers. Settlers have no vision. How many of you have settled near to a settler right now? Number two, we have pioneers. Pioneers are visionaries. You see, settlers are more conservative. They are safe people who live in the middle. They don't like pushing the boundaries. They prefer things to stay pretty much the same as they have been always. Settlers thrive on security. Settlers thrive on predictability. Settlers are the people who are always asking the question, why? Why must we have more churches? Why must we study more? Why must we pray harder? Why can't we just stay here? Settlers only focus on the present. And they place all their energy on preserving the past. They tend to be satisfied with the way things are. On the other hand, pioneers are radical people. 
Pioneers enjoy taking risks. They live on the edge. They are always pushing the boundaries, seeking to go where no one else has gone before. I hope you are the pioneer in your family that you're going to go where your other family members have never gone before. Yeah. When you start serving God, there are those who tell you you can't. You are still too young. You know, in the world, you're always too something. Either you are too young, you are too old, you are too short, you are too tall, you are too thin, you are too anything, you know. And the world always tries to tell you, you are just never ready for what God says you should be. But I want you to know, we don't depend on our strength, we depend on the strength of the greater one on the inside of us. Yeah. The world will tell you, you are too poor, you are too rich, you are too this, you are too rural, you are too hip-hop, you are too township, you are too this. You know, you are too this. You know, you're everything. You, you can't talk. You can't speak. You are too chacharach. You are too biology. You are too anything. You're always too something. And if you wait until we exercise the two out of you, you're not going to go anywhere. You've got to start right where you are in the name of Jesus. I said you've got to start right where you are in the name of Jesus. And be a pioneer. If nobody else in your family served God, and if nobody else in your family lived right, if nobody else in your family was ever sober, be that person who's going to be the first one to be the sober one. Be the one who's going to do things right in the proper way. And remember, when you are trying to pioneer, the settlers don't understand the behavior of a pioneer. See, pioneers... They thrive on adventure. They like taking new territories. Unlike settlers who ask why, pioneers ask why not. Why not? Why not? They love expanding what exists and creating new things. Pioneers are visionaries for, they focus on the future. And they, they, they expand their energy in seizing new things. Pioneers are always thirsty for more, hungry for more. They don't like settling. Unfortunately, too many people live their lives like passengers. See, vision, no matter how great, will not be fulfilled if you are just a passenger in life. You've got to act on it. Why? Because vision requires a passionate, relentless pursuit of its fulfillment. Once you have vision, you're going to have to work hard. I see people sometimes saying about how it's a saw, and after that, when you look at their actions, their actions doesn't match where they're trying to go. They like to be at the mercy of life, always explaining why they couldn't do something. Yeah. They like okshugut. Look at your neighbor and say okshugut. You know, I'm not, I, I, for me, to be honest with you, I, I'm not very kind or patient with people who are always explaining why they couldn't do certain things. Now, I understand certain things that are whatever, socio, whatever, I understand that. But there are certain things that are practical, you know, simple thing, reading the Bible every day. I mean, really, you can't be quoting apartheid for that. Or people tend to, these habits, drinking, smoking, womanizing, manizing, 
And then you ask them. You ask them, why are you doing it? And then they have a, they have a long reason. You know, one of the things I've realized, you can go through life with excuses and with proper explanations. But the reality is, at the end of all of that, you are left with your same old ugly self. There comes a day when you have to look at this guy in the mirror and say, Musa, nguwe. Nobody else forced you to do that, Musa. Yeah. But you see, settlers like to explain. They like to be passengers. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever been on a ride with somebody who was driving and you were going to a place where you knew where it was, you even knew a better route. And as they were driving, you could tell they didn't know where the place is. And the problem is, even if they don't know where the place is, but because you are a passenger, you're going where they're going. You know, that's what I've realized in life. If you refuse to take initiative, you'll always be a passenger in life. I tell you. Other people will involve you in their vision, in their dream. I'm not talking about supporting a church and working there. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about other things. You'll always be there cupping other people. I don't know in English what is to cup. <laughs> Accompanying. I'm sorry. For a while, I couldn't remember. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who's cupping other people? <laughs> Years ago when I was when I was in my 20s, I believe it was, a very sad thing happened in our community there. And I realized this habit of always waking up in the morning without any sense of mission. You know, when you wake up, you, you just wake up. <laughs> no vision, no no anything. And one of the guys in one of the he was he was almost yeah, he was almost my age group, younger than me, but you know, just a few years younger than me. He he was at home the one day and some guys just came and say, Joe Arvai. I don't know how to say that in English either. <laughs> Joe, let's go. <laughs> And he was at home. He, was, he said, no, that's fine. Little did he know that these guys who came to collect him had planned to go and commit a crime. Yeah. He didn't know. Akira, now you're always available. Because you have no vision. Now you're a passenger. You're always riding on other people's things. You never say no. So they went. They committed the crime. On their way back, I think the police pursued them. There was something that ensued. Shooting that happened between the police and them, and this guy was shot dead. And all of them came back home safe. Even worse, they never told the, his family what happened. So the family is surprised this guy is not arriving ever since he left Alospin. You know where he was found? Along the railway track. 
Because what these guys did, they conveniently placed him along the railway track. But when, when you look at his injury, it was in the train. He had a gunshots. Yeah. And I thought, you see, when you're a passenger, all he did was to be a passenger in somebody else's thing. Yeah. Some of us, we live our lives as passengers. But that day is over in the name of Jesus. So vision never becomes a reality without action. In the same way that the best way to know a route as a driver is to drive. God doesn't want us to be passive, merely sit around and wait passively for the future. God wants us to jump into this car called vision and drive. One thing I've discovered sometimes as I, as, as I was growing in ministry, I started realizing as I was looking around the world, you know, in the church, outside the church, everywhere, that most successful people were not necessarily people who were highly academic. You know? I'm being honest. Most of them, they, they were not really highly educated. They were not very outspoken. They were not eloquent. They were not smooth. They were not cool. Mother, they were successful. And then I thought, how come? But then I found out, most of them, the one thing they had is initiative. When others were still rehearsing how not to fail, they jumped in and they did something. Yeah. And you wonder, this person is leading this company. Yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. That's a... And you wonder, this person, he doesn't even understand accounting. But he has a multi-billion dollar industry and he has hired you when an accountant. You're working for them. Yeah. Sometimes when they do something, you can analyze their plan. They don't know the short-term plan, the long-term goal. You know how to put them long-term, short-term, medium-term, whatever term, everything term. The only thing after you've done that, you don't move. He jumps without a plan. She jumps without a plan. What am I saying? Let's be action people in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. See, when you drive a car, there are several glasses that are critical. The glass in front of you called the windscreen. Two glasses on the side, the side windows. And then you have another glass called the mirror, the three mirrors. The three mirrors help you to see behind. Watch this. Vision is like that. Vision is like the windscreen. And when you have vision, you must avoid looking too much at the rear mirror. Because the rear mirror will show you your failure, your defeat, and your excuses. You should not allow yourself to look through the side windows because side windows will cause you to be distracted from where you are trying to go. What you should do, you should look through the windscreen. It shows you where you are going. It shows you where God is taking you. It's showing you victory. And it is only this car that's called vision that becomes the bridge between the present and the future. You'll never be able to move into the future that God has for you if you don't have vision. And that is why anytime God wants to do anything new in anybody's life, he gives them vision. He gave Abraham vision. 
Abraham, who couldn't get a child, he had gotten to a place where he had accepted his condition and became a passenger. And God comes to him and said, Abraham, you can't do that. Lift up your eyes and look. Because if you don't lift up your eyes and look and look through that windscreen, you can never see what God has in store for you. In Isaiah 43 verse 19, God says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And the question I want to ask you this morning, are you ready for the future? Let me try you again. You are, still, you are still a passenger the way you have answered. Can I ask you again? Are you ready for the future? Yeah. I still don't believe you. Let me ask you again. Are you ready for the future? Yeah. Are you ready to see the video of your life unfold? Yeah. I said, are you ready to see God's vision unfold in your life? Yeah. Refuse from today to live your life as a passenger. How do I do that? Number one, from today, listen to the whispers of the Holy Spirit in your heart concerning your life. What is it that as you pray, as you spend time in the presence of God, God is whispering it in your heart? What is it? In any area of your life. Secondly, whatever God tells you, write it down so that you don't forget it. Write it down. Number three. Obey his instructions and get into action mode. Obey his instructions and get into action mode. Number four. Be persistent to see the vision through. Because remember, the sooner you start on this path of vision, you are going to experience hurdles. I'm telling you. And if you do not rely on God and decide that you're going to be persistent, you'll always be giving up on vision and starting all over again. Number five. When vision gets fulfilled... Give honor and glory to God. Let me conclude. You see, as we allow God's vision to unfold in our life, God moves us into a time in our lives where he multiplies what he do in our life. It's always amazing that when you start any project, anything, it always starts small. But for those who allow the story to unfold, you realize there's more to what you're doing than what you realized when you started. In fact, there's a prophetic word that was spoken over the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 1.11. And this is how it reads. May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase you a thousand times and bless you as he has promised. Can you imagine being increased a thousand times? I was trying to understand what does that mean? Increased a thousand times. Think about it. Imagine being able to do in one day what you could do in a thousand days. 
because of God in your life. That in one day, what happens in one day within the same amount of time is what in the past used to take you a thousand days to do. A thousand days is about three years. As I've thought about it, I've realized something. 35 years ago, we had 35 people in a classroom. Same amount of time, same person preaching, same sower to same everything, but 35 people. But as the vision has unfolded, within that same amount of time, the impact is a thousand times even more. Because now not only are we preaching to 35 people, we are preaching to thousands of people in the same amount of 45 minutes, one hour that we preach. I see God taking you into that area of a thousand. A thousand more impact. A thousand more ability. A thousand more anointing. A thousand more of what God wants to do in your life. But that anointing of a thousand more only comes as you walk in the vision. As long as you are seated in the back seat of life as a passenger, it's not going to happen. But when you get into the driver's seat and say, I'm a man, I'm a woman of vision. And I'm going to live by vision in my life. And as once you start doing that, you, you are touching God where he loves the most. Because he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Hallelujah. You know, I, I was looking when we were in, in Ghana now, in, uh, in, uh, in, in July, just the, what God's done in Lighthouse. Incredible. Incredible. Hey, incredible. When you see a ministry grow to that extent, many churches, thousands of people, the conference that was started years ago, thousands of people coming. Outreaches, crusades, everything, name it. It's grown by leaps and bounds. And that's because those people who are going to pursue God's vision in their lives will see their life increase a thousand times. But as long as you make excuses, as long as you're always explaining why you are not moving, then you'll always live your life looking at the rearview mirror. Chained to your past. You'll always look at your life frozen. Because you've pressed the pause button. Still stuck to the things of yesterday. That even years later, what happened yesterday still controls you today. Listen, Vazalana, we all go through tough things in life. Some of you, it's about time you just get over it. Yeah. Now, I understand, you know, there are times when you go through trauma, you must go through counseling. And I'm understanding, but I'm not trying to be callous. In no way am I saying when people are abused, they must just get, no, I'm not saying that. But at times it's not necessarily just being abused, it's other things, we all go through problems. People don't like you, people hate you, people say stuff, people gossip, people cap our stories. <laughs> and if you're always when I hurt, always not nice, life doesn't come and roll out the red carpet for you. I'm telling you. So it's going to happen. You're going to have to be determined to grit your teeth and say, this is what God said about my life and I'm going this way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
I had that idea as a young pastor that, you know, if you just do things right, if you do things well, everybody will like you. Bendirongo. But the day came when I realized you must be committed to what is that which is of God and understand that life has got a package. At times when things are tough and when things are tough, that's when you need to get up and just do it anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because at the end of your life, it's not excuses that God is going to take. God's going to ask you, I gave you potential. I filled you with my spirit. I put you in a church that was preaching what was right to you every time. They prayed for you. You were in an environment of the anointing. And with all of that, you still didn't move. With all of that, you were still quoting 1902. With all of that. But I see you today make a different decision in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you. That we will not live our lives as those who are filled with excuses. That we will be men and women of vision. I pray that you'll inspire us, every one of us, to do that which will bring honor and glory to your name. Our heads bowed, please. Our eyes closed. Nobody moving. You are here this morning. You've been invited. Maybe you've come on your own. As you've been listening to God's word, you realize my life is stuck. My life is not going anywhere. You know, sometimes we lie to ourselves. Even when things are not working out, we like to pretend. Maybe you realize, you know, I really desperately need God in my life. I need God to help me to move my life in a different direction. I want Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. And right where you are with your head bowed, your eyes closed, you need prayer. Say, please pray for me. I want to commit my life to Christ. I want Jesus to come into my heart and be the Savior and Lord of my life. Would you please pray for me? Our heads bowed, please, our eyes closed. If you need prayer, would you raise your hand right where you are? Just raise it high. Thank you for those hands. Raise it high. No fear. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Don't worry about anybody. It is you who needs help from God. Just raise your hand. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Those who raise their hands, would you stand on your feet, please, right where you are? Right where you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put the hands down, but just stand on your feet. All over this place. Thank you. Thank you. If you raise your hand, just stand. We want to pray for you. The reason I ask you to stand is because we want to pray with you. This is an important decision that you're making. As you leave this place, you're going to leave this place a different person than when you came in. May I ask all of you who are standing, I want to pray for you. If you could take all your belongings, right? Your Bible, your bag, whatever you have with you, don't leave it behind. And just make your way to the front right now. Just come.